Apparently, news bomb. News bomb. Shit, I already fucked it up. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> it's news bomb. You were so close. You were all in and around it. It's great. It's going to be great. Welcome to Word Tetris. Thank you so much for How having me. How are you? I'm great. We were meeting for the first time. I always love when I get to meet the person for the first time on the show, but it's rare it happens at my apartment. Normally, I go to them, but I was like, oh, it's Sunday and I don't want to leave. And as I was telling Molly, um, uh, off air, I've been watching a 48 hour live marathon that I shouldn't have been watching. So just, uh, you know, kind of going in now all, all weekend. Fuck you, Lynch. Um, he, he, he's going to hear, he might not hear this. I'll tweet him so he hears it. Uh, Joe Lynch, Adam Green, my friends over at the movie crypt, they did a 48 hour live marathon to, uh, support, uh, a dog charity that saves Yorkies. Um, and they raised a bunch of money. So I was going in and out all weekend with it. So I was like telling Molly how, it got really weird when they did this live reading of a George Romero script uh, that George Romero wrote based on the uh, an adaptation of The Mummy for Universal. He wrote in like 93, didn't get made. And they do that. It's the best thing of the marathon, That but Joe and Lynch aren't a part of it. I mean, that Joe and Lynch, Joe and Adam aren't a part of it. And then they followed that up with a live commentary of Cujo. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be able to top that, you know? It's, that's going to be hard for us to do better than that. Okay, so here, so here's the deal. Um, if it's your first time listening, the first 20 minutes of this episode will be available for free. If you want the full episode, head over to Patreon, sign up for a dollar, the dollar an episode tier, and you get the full episode. If you sign up for the $3 episode tier, you get this episode plus a bonus episode in addition to whatever tier you're on. You get all the old episodes. So that's the deal. Before we continue, because this is where everyone can hear it, anything you want to plug quickly before we... Go forward. Anything to plug? Anything going on? I weirdly have nothing to plug at this moment. But you had the Facebook show, right? <laughs> I do. Sacred Lies is coming back for a second season, which I'm very excited about. So everybody should go catch up on season one of Sacred Lies on Facebook Watch. It's going to be great. How weird is it to say, like, go watch my show on Facebook? It's really weird, but it's worse <laughs> when I have to explain to my mom how to watch the show on Facebook. It's <laughs> excruciating. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean at some point they have to release that show outside of Facebook right so that would be no cool. you know because they really want to be they're not going to do like an iTunes like just like a la carte iTunes or you know, Amazon just I, so they make some money at, at this moment they really want to be their own platform though I do think what will help is when they have a standalone app like an HBO Go that you can download on your Apple TV or your smart TV or whatever so that you don't have to log in to Facebook and watch it on your computer or your phone right and you find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Meryl Barr M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R and you can find the show at Word Tetris at Word Tetris Pod. Um, and yeah, patreon.com slash Word Tetris. Now, Molly, question of the day. What's your, what is your relationship to rewriting? Are you a fan? Do you hate it? Are you, do you look at it and go, oh God, I don't want to do this now? Or like, where do you, where do you fall with the rewriting? I would say broadly, I love rewriting mm -hmm. because I find writing incredibly difficult and I find <laughs> rewriting to be much easier. Do you think it's because you're not starting with the blank page? Oh, 100%. Because when you're starting with a blank page, you're not just contending with like the story, the characters, everything else. You're contending with like an existential and emotional crisis of your expectations, your insecurities, your ego, your dream of how it sounded in your head and you start typing it and you're like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The blank page, uh, it gets dark quickly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but when you have something to fight with, even if it's not a very good first draft or whatever that you're working on, at least you have something concrete to, to deal with. It's a real thing and not just your feelings. I was talking about this on an episode a few weeks ago, how uh, I'm writing this I'm writing this feature for the mm -hmm. first time. I'm writing, doing a feature for the first time. And, uh, you know, 10 years of pilots, I need a break. Um, <laughs> and there, I got really stuck, like, around page 45 
and mistake one was I never bothered to give myself the credit, uh, the credit of, I wrote 45 pages so far, you know, of in, what, in, what I'm intending to be a 92, 100 page script. So I'm halfway through, never gave myself that credit. Instead, <laughs> instead I was like, I can't do it. Fuck. I need to do something. I need to do something radical. And I've only ever written sober. <laughs> well, so, that is a weird time to start drunk, but <laughs> I like where your head went. You know? so, uh, so, no, I, I poured one really stiff Kentucky mule and wrote 10 pages. I'm not saying they were good pages. But now they but exist. But now, now they exist <laughs> and I can fix them. It's I but and now it's it got me past and now I'm up to like page sixty five. Yeah, so it's like I didn't do it again, but it's just like they needed that one like change because then it, made, it it clicked in my head to go, oh, all of the structure here is wrong. Like I'm telling this story in the most boring fucking way you could possibly tell this story. That's why this feels like shit. And then I went back and did a rewrite of the whole first half, and then now I'm like, okay, now and then I just actually reread all of it yesterday and i'm like okay now i can now i'm i feel good to now i know what direction to take in the second half of this thing yeah and not Uh, to advocate for not alcohol induced writing hell no but But, what it gives you is exactly what you're talking about sometimes you got to get out of your own head you got to get out of the right you got to push through it and and once you push through it all makes sense and i wouldn't have done it if i didn't feel like i was in a truly desperate situation of just like I, i i need to do something completely different that i've never tried before I'll try this. I'm going to be very careful with it. Because also, again, I, re- I don't recommend it, truly, because I wrote crap. I wrote 10 pages of crap, but I wrote 10 pages. But you wrote 10 pages, <laughs> and that's what you needed to do. And the great news is no one ever has to see those 10 pages. Right, that's exactly. between you and your computer, and it, it, no one right. else has to know about it. I'm sorry, it. computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what's what's like... Let's start here. What's an ex- what's a time? It doesn't have to be for sacred lives. It can be for something else. If it was a personal project, what's a time where you feel like rewriting really just saved your ass? Hmm, that's a really good question. I feel like on literally everything I've ever done, that mm-hmm. is the that is the case because I think when you're going back through, whether you're looking for something specific or you're just saying kind of what you were saying, it's just not working. What's the structure? I don't get it. Um, it makes all the difference. Uh, a personal project uh, was a, a piece of development, a pilot that was uh, a family drama, and I really liked it, but it, it felt a little slow, and I couldn't figure out like why it wasn't really working, and I liked all the characters, but it was missing something. Um, and when I realized that the problem, instead of being grounded, could be supernatural, the entire show just clicked into place in my brain and instantly made sense. And it, it's insane to me looking back on it now, that I ever thought of it any other way. You know what? Here's what I want to talk about in this episode. This is perfect. I didn't. Sometimes I don't know where we're going to go with this, and this, this is where we're going now. The uh, those aha moments mm-hmm. where you go, "Oh, right." So, like for this, the problem was I was telling the feature in a linear fashion, just complete, like to the point where it started with these flashbacks that gave you some character development and then brought you to the present. You run through this whole thing, and I just all I had was this plan. To have this this aftermath that you had is just like a tag. It was gonna be three pages, and then all of a sudden the aha moment was, wait a minute. Problem number one: these flashbacks are taking up six pages. The story is not starting for six fucking pages. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Um, and then the second thing I realized was, oh, you don't care about any of these people. 
You don't care about this because you don't know who I'm setting up. If I go take that idea of the three-page tag and expound it into, you know, the idea of coming in late, coming in so late at the beginning that the event's technically over, mm. and you're now watching the event of the movie happen intercut between the aftermath of the actual event that's taking place in, in the now, it, it allows you to tell the story in a more interesting way. And, and, and the other thing is that by page one, you instantly know these three people are com are connected somehow. And now you get to spend the movie learning how they're connected. And I was like, wow, that just fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> how didn't I think of this sooner? Right? Yeah. And I, I think of a story... I think it was a story my uh, my friend C. Robert Cargill told once uh, where he was working with Scott Derrickson on a script and it was a hard thing, I think he was saying. And they were, they just, they couldn't figure out how to make the script interesting. It just was like felt bland. And then one night Cargill has an aha moment. He changes a bunch of stuff. He calls Scott the next day and he goes, I shame black the script. And Scott goes, what, what do you, what, you put some like spiffy dialogue? And he goes, no, I said it at Christmas. <laughs> I mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I feel those, comfortable saying that. Like those, you know what I can never figure out though mm. is everyone always talks about it's like the work, it's the work. You can't rely on the on those genius aha moments. But I feel like every rewrite is somehow based around those aha moments of like, oh, this is where this didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a certain lightning in a bottle to it, like you said, that you can't plan for, or it doesn't feel like you can plan for it. But I think it comes out of sitting with the discomfort. It's so easy when you hit a roadblock to be like, I'm going to get up, I'm going to make a sandwich, I'm going to take a walk around the block for a million years and just stay away from this, and it'll magically be resolved when I get back. And occasionally, shaking your brain up, pouring yourself a drink, stepping out of your comfort zone, it rattles your brain a little bit and it gets you, and then, you know, you can look at it with fresh eyes. But sometimes you just have to be stuck and that gets you to that aha moment. Um, a, a while back, years ago now, when I was uh, writing a pilot, I texted a, a friend who's a director and was like, I'm just, you know, I'm stuck. And how do you get unstuck? And she goes, you get unstuck. That's literally, I did the exact <laughs> same thing with this. I fucking messaged... I don't want to say who it was, but I messaged, I messaged, I, did, I messaged a friend who's a director and he said, look, man, just sometimes I've spent years with some projects and you just end up doing something else and then you come back to it and you figure it out. I'm like, but, and I didn't reply to this, but I was like, I don't have years. Like, right. <laughs> this needs to get done now. I have a deadline for myself and that deadline is new year. And mm -hmm. I don't, and th at least the first draft, it's all I need to do. Um, so it's like. I needed to, I couldn't, I needed to shake the tree and again, not advocating alcohol usage. <laughs> I re, I'm really not, but I, but it is interesting. I think, it, I don't think it was the, is the booze as much, <laughs> as much as the idea that I could have, there been a, there's a thousand ways to make yourself think a new way. This is just the easiest, most accessible one at that moment. And, and that's all it really, I think that's what it really and is. And the truth is you were pushing yourself. You were not letting yourself off the hook. You were saying, I got to find something. I got to try something. Right. I've got to, I've got to push. And in fact, that's doing the work and that's sitting with the stuck and, right. and figuring it out. Right. And so then when you arrive at that aha moment, 
it's a product of the time you spent torturing yourself. The other thing that I find interesting about this particular one, and I think it's putting a lot of things in perspective for me, is the last four scripts are the scripts I learned to write via an outline, a very detailed outline process, mm-hmm. where the re- so I, I learned this trick that uh, from the very, anyone who's listens who's listened since the beginning knows that I did an episode of John Rogers and in the first episode, and we just talked about outlining, and he has this philosophy called, uh, I can't, I, that I've called, I remember he called it, but I call it chasing enthusiasm, where it's you write a detailed outline, which affords you the ability to then write completely out of order and just go like, wake up one day and go, what scene do I want to do today? And I, for the last four scripts, I've done that, and it's been great. And I just plow through them, and I'm like, yes, pure adrenaline, pure fire, pure, you know, pure joy of just writing and loving what I'm doing, right? And I, you know, last year I wrote the greatest thing I've ever written. It's a, but unfortunately, it's a spec IP, which means I can't do anything with it, but except you know, show it to people. Feel awesome about feel it. Feel awesome about it. And do is as a sample, but I can't do anything else with it because um, Disney owns it. Who's <laughs> um, heard of that? <laughs> But with this one, one, the outline was a real struggle on this one. Again, but now I know why, because I was doing the outline with the way the formatting that I now know was flawed. Had I got had I discovered that earlier, maybe the outline would have been easier. But that was number one. Number two is that I learned I've already learned on this that what I what I believe to be true, which is that if you write a detailed outline, you get that all out and you solve all those problems ahead of time, you'll be good at, you'll be fine to write that first draft. Nope. Like that outline, I did all this work to only to find out half of it was bullshit. So um, it needed to be completely re- re- reworked halfway through writing the script. I'm just like, oh, son of a like. It's it was a real gut punch of I'm I'm high on it. I'm high on it. I'm high on that. Fuck! What the fuck just happened? <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe it's tied to features. I think like the structure of features, especially when you're out of practice or you've been doing TV instead or you've never done it, like it's a totally different animal. The rhythm of it is really different. The way you have to pace yourself, it is really different. But I also think that like when it comes to process, that's just sometimes how it goes. Like sometimes you write a really detailed outline and it makes your life super easy and it's great. And sometimes while you're writing that outline, you realize everything is broken. (laughs) And that's okay. Like again, it kind of goes to like, when you're stuck, sometimes you just have to get unstuck. Like you just got to do the work and, and put in the time. And it's like any time spent wrestling with it is time well spent, in my opinion. You know, right. it's like, yeah, it's frustrating. You think, oh, this thing that I I spent all this time on, now I'm throwing it out the window. But you can sort of check off the list. I tried it that way and it didn't work. Right. So <laughs> do you, you've learned something. Do you find it easier to make those big changes in the outline or in the script? I've always been the advocate of if, you, if I'm in the outline, I ha- I never have problem making big moves in the outline. I like making big moves as early in the process as possible. So like in a choice between outline and script, yeah, outline. But like in my dream scenario it's like while you're still in the room or while i'm just figuring things out on my own before i even put pen to paper because that is where everything is still the most flexible nothing exists yet it's okay to just turn everything on its head once you've got an existing script it starts to feel like you're taking apart a clock to put together a toaster and That yes, you can feel can very I, lost. Can I put that on a poster or a T-shirt? Absolutely. That is what screen. It's trying to, it's trying to take apart a clock to put together a toaster. That 
I can don't think I've ever heard a more perfect <laughs> sentiment on on rewriting than that because because oh man fuck I, if this wasn't if we weren't only 15 minutes in I would end the episode there <laughs> but then I don't make any money you can you can edit it no one'll know fix it in post just fix it in post that's the move always um, okay how often do those aha moments come so okay a friend of mine told me a story and he was he works on a he works on a drama i don't want to because i don't want to blow up the what ended up being the end results of the episode but he, he you know he was given the season finale of season two of the show he works on and uh they have this outline they and they he goes off he goes to start writing it and he gets about halfway through and he has this aha moment um and he runs back to the showrunner and goes look I know I'm about to blow up the second half of this of the finale, but I just had an idea. And the showrunner goes, "Fuck, I love it. Go write it." How often do you do, are you afforded those aha moments in television writing, especially when you're not the creator? Like, yeah. that's like, it's tough because, as you know, like television's on a tight schedule, particularly if you're in network or you know everybody's in a different production schedule situation these days. But uh, you don't always have the time to be like, sorry, we can't throw out the whole back half of the season. You know, when it's a finale, you think, okay, well, we're running towards an end. If you're having a great idea about how. Uh, if you make a quick change in episode six, we just have to throw out the last six episodes. But like, <laughs> trust me, boss, it's going to be great. Like, you don't always have that luxury. Right. And, um, you know, depending where you're at, like sometimes you're on set and you, you have a great idea, but it's like, I'm going to keep this idea in my head. Um, but I think what's great is if you're on a show where you spend a lot of time in the room, the writer's room is all exactly what you're saying of like, you can just come in one morning or after lunch or whatever. And it's like, I got it. Or I know how to make this scene work, this episode work. I know why this character is driving us crazy um, on Sacred Lives, just as an example, uh, since we were talking about it a little bit. The character uh, of the sheriff, uh, Harjo, we had been talking about this character in a million different permutations. Started as a park ranger that was in one scene, then became like a state trooper that was in just that one episode, then became like a detective who had a really important role throughout the entire season. But all of that came out of us going, there's something about this character that's not working. What is it? What is it? And our showrunner, Ray L. Tucker, was like, if it's not working, it's probably because the character is not specific enough. If you have to find, you have to find specificity and that will blow the whole thing open for you. So once we realized that and started saying, well, okay, who's this character that's not a park ranger anymore? And, you know, drilling down on that suddenly it was like a fog had lifted from the whole room and we were like oh are we idiots like <laughs> was this obvious an hour ago and the answer is like no you have to you have to swim there and then sometimes that sucks but um but that's I, the great I, thing about the writer's room is you can you can journey to those moments and they they happen more frequently you know they don't always feel as gratifying uh, as the run down the hallway scenario but the, it can be great but the weird thing for that example though to me is the showrunner had the answer i forgot her name already uh rail yeah rail <laughs> rail had the answer she <laughs> already had she immediately had the answer and i was like but in my head like then why wasn't that brought up sooner well i think to hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash wordtetris.